and welcome to Gamer's Table, a podcast discussion of tabletop role-playing games, war games, movies, books, and various other game-related topics. Be warned, this show contains some explicit material that may not be suitable for all audiences. Hello and welcome to Gamer's Table. My name is Eric. This is Mike. This is Dan. This is Mark. This is Jason. And I'm Sean. This week we're going to talk about PC failures and resistance to story, things like that. Plot vacuum. Plot vacuums. Rolling a one. Rolling a one. Well, Do, yeah. Or Douche, bird nuts if it's two ones. Douchebag dungeon master. Douchebag dungeon. Douchebaggery dungeon master. Mike's right here, Jason. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but he's across the table. He can't reach me. Oh, he can't hear you. Just tell yourself that. Uh, the point is that sometimes when game masters write a story, they have a certain direction that they're wanting the players to go. And sometimes that hinges on dramatic tension, PCs getting captured or maybe even knocked out or something like that. And then to wake them up in a different place, there are some players who are okay with this and there are some players who are not. And that's what I kind of want to talk about is, you know, what kind of a player are you? And maybe some examples of when you've resisted the forward motion of a story, why would you have done that? Is it because of your perceived character concept or is it because you just can't stand having your guy captured you, you don't play rpgs to to uh have your character not be the hero you play the rpgs to be the hero to be the guy that succeeds in the face of you know incredible odds sure when you get to the point to the, in the story and it's like it's a classic video game thing where like there's always a game and particularly in uh, first person shooters after you've collected pretty much all of the equipment you're gonna get captured and have all of your stuff taken away and then you've got to go through half the half the next level with a crowbar but so you know. so what you're saying is Marcus you play role playing games to be Martin Riggs, not whatever Joe Pesci's character's name was. Leo Getz. <laughs> Leo Getz. Whatever right. you want, Leo Getz. Right. You don't want to be Leo Getz. You don't want to be Leo Getz. I, I was you want thinking to be more along the lines, and I only know this from hearsay just because it's it's a joke. You don't want to be Lois from Smallville. Right. That's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Lo, Lois not, not Lois, Lana. Oh, okay, yeah, Lana. Lana which Lana, I, I don't Lana, watch my the show. Wife, yes. my wife and I, She's definitely punchy. My wife and I joked about it all the time that she should either be permanently in a wheelchair because she's in a vegetative state, or there should be a neurological wing at the Smallville Hospital named after her because right. she's paid enough money in the medical bills <laughs> How many to concussions buy has she had? Every episode that I, she was in. I don't know. Yeah, my, my opinion on this can be summed up as I think that's just kind of bad GMing, okay? That's, that's a really cheap plot device. You know, oh, you're captured. Well, why am I captured if I can in game get myself out of it because right. you didn't write the story that way it, it, to me i've always i always want to approach an rpg where i am dictating the story right. not having the story dictated to me right, i want right. to feel as though i'm an active part and when and when you do something like that it just totally takes me out of it right, it's, right. It, it, you're you're a pixie from being you know one of the driving forces of the story to just you know someone who's being drugged along uh, but on, on we, the we say it a lot i mean we say Oh, it's going to happen anyway. Boom. Done. I've just basically, you turn off at that point. Well, it doesn't matter what I've done up to this point, and it doesn't matter what I do right now. It's just going to happen anyway. So it seems like your work is kind of in vain at that it's point. Like prison sex. What? You probably, re- well, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to go any further down that no, road. I don't either. We'll just stop right there. Yeah, no, so, um, it's going to happen anyway. See, I, oh, okay. I, gotcha. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> One way or another. Yeah, it's going to happen. Okay. Well, I, I know from my perspective, 
when I was younger, not really so much anymore, but I know, and it, I know it hasn't been too long ago, that I would get really, really ticked off if I was held, if my character, rather, was held or incapacitated in any way. Oh, that, yes. I mean, that would drive me up the wall. I would Is that really because get you, ticked you, off. That, way, that, that means you cannot be an active participant anymore. Yeah, that I'm just, sitting, I'm just sitting there watching, and I hate watching. I right. mean, it's like soccer. We played soccer in high school. Yeah. Hated sitting on the bench. Hated watching the game. So the analogy would be being knocked out or incapacitated in a in a RPG fight is like sitting on the bench, right? Or getting knocked out. I mean, I got knocked out a couple times playing but, soccer. Okay. It was the same thing. Then, I drove me. I hated it. So you are Lana in this sense. Sure, yeah. <laughs> totally. So let me put it this way, though. I mean, as an adult, as a, a, a mature adult, you understand that your past failures are the strongest teachers in your life. Sure. Why doesn't that translate into role playing games? Oh, I don't. I don't think. I. I think it does because I. I have learned from that. I know that the last time, uh, and it was probably Mike running the game. I probably I had a character that got held, or you know, a spell cast on him, or a tanglefoot bag, or some you know something like that. I couldn't move. I couldn't act. You know, maybe I got paralyzed or whatever. Uh, and I got I got mad and made a big deal out of it, and I got mad at him. You know, and I can see the look in his eyes. Here I'm yelling at my friend, you know, and I realize this is stupid to get mad about something like that. Just sit back and let it happen and like you, you can't sex. do anything. Right? I, I, failed, I failed my role. It's, you know, it's, it's nobody. There's nobody to blame. It's just part of the story. So, right, right. You know, I just had to let that go. And I, I really don't think I react that way. I prick me if I'm wrong. Do I? I don't know. I haven't seen mm-hmm. you react that okay. way in a long time. I mean, that would have been one of those, God, right, of my character generating event. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, as a game master now, yes. you, you know, you come up with, with story ideas, plot ideas, and sometimes, you know, you want to mix it up a little bit. So maybe you want to have the bad guy capture him so that way you can inject some information or something that would only be disseminated maybe through the the bad guy maybe you want to present the pcs the bad guy's perspective of it or something like that and you can't do that with right. if he just rides up and goes you know the reason i'm doing this is yes. meow 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 yes. meow meow yes two i think two of the hardest uh, situations to get character uh players into in uh, role-playing games are being captured Right. And breaking out of that and chase scenes. Primary reason for that is players are very good at what they do and it's almost impossible to get them to flee yes. or surrender. Yeah, fle- <laughs> fleeing <laughs> fleeing was another one that I was going to bring but up. But every yeah. action movie or adventure movie you see has those components in it. So when you're trying to simulate, an, you know, write an adventure or run an adventure to simulate stuff you see in movies, all you really end up with is just a grind of combat after combat. Players win, players win, players win. Yeah, and so you're just trying to mix it up a little. Right? Yeah, I never so really it's thought the about the fleeing thing. part. I, I prefer, that's never an option. I prefer yeah, yeah. you fight and yeah. die. That's no, it. See, I, I prefer not to call <laughs> right. it fleeing. I prefer to call it a tactical retreat. Well, right. I think this kind of goes back to you know the type of people that end up being gamers in the first place are probably the kinds of kids that got beat up and chased around on the playground when they were young, trying right. to get a little I, revenge. Right. I mean, it's like you don't want to be that when you're you know using your imagination. But in role-playing games, you can come back and get the revenge. Right. On the on the well, I, I understand what you're saying, Mark. On the flip side of that, though, I've known people who were jocks and popular people in high school. And I, I, I'm not you know saying it's a sweeping generality. That's the kind of kid I was. But see, I, I also think it's a very male perspective. I, I I kind of would like to get a female perspective on this, you know, because I think a female would see, would look at it at a completely different way if you ran a story like that. Sean, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying, though? Because okay. 
you have the the testosterone, you have the male ego. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to fail. The heroes never fail, but in every three-act story I've ever read or looked into, second act, the PCs always, or the characters always, are put into hardship where they fail. Okay. Yeah, right. well, if there's and, no hardship or adversity, you're not being a hero. No, here, right. here's the problem with your, your act analogy, is that the end is already written. <clears throat> and that's what you're saying whenever you don't give a player's an out. You're saying... The story is already written, mm-hmm. so your actions are basically irrelevant. That's okay. what you're saying. But there's, all, there's always an out. And but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Flee, fleeing is usually the, your first option for an out, and no one ever takes it. So you're yeah. saying that— With the one exception I can think of recently, our uh, Sea Princess campaign, very first adventure. <laughs> yeah, yes, that, we, that we, we ran. Like hell. And, and, and that was fun. And we had a great time. Yeah. Well, it's, that's another thing. Is it, if it fits— the types of characters that you're playing to be, if not cowardly, then certainly highly cautious. Then that's that's fine. That's it becomes part of the fun. But if you've you know spent hours making you know the perfect you know two handed sword wielding hero, then running the hell away is not going to be your first instinct. Right. I've at seen all. I've seen uh, kind of a that kind of happening in popular culture as well. Uh, the, the heroes. You look at some of the older like pulp era like Conan and and, uh, the like, they ran from things all the time. It wasn't considered cowardly for them to, you know, they just, they assessed the situation. They thought, I don't know how to defeat this and and got out of there. Whereas modern, you know, like comic book era heroes, they don't do that. They'll fight to the end. Wolverine or video games are the same way. Right. I mean, there's, there's no such thing as you shoot a couple guys and then you can run away. No, because they keep chasing you and they don't stop chasing you. And you pretty much got to kill uh, not on shooter. Guy. There, are, there are some not games, on, shooters in particular, yeah. where they, unless you advance through the map, they'll keep spawning and coming at you. So no, but I'm talking about like uh, MMOs shooters where yeah. you can actually just go find a bush and lay down for the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like me and paintball. <laughs> <laughs> know your role <laughs> which we for the campers but yes. something <laughs> yes they are addressing something that you were saying dan i i understand that uh tabletop role-playing games is a shared storytelling experience and that everybody should have the ability to inject everything but the game master has to run a story and if you know if you're wanting to move the plot along by doing this and this and this and the players are just not cooperating then you're like well I can't. I can't plan for every contingency. It's not so much cooperating, I think, as it is getting the message. Like I know there have been situations where Mike has thrown everything but the kitchen sink at us. Not really like to attack us, but like to assemble. Oh my God! Look at what we've got to fight. You know, we got a dragon and you know a giant and this and that. And there's all these things that we got to fight. Right. And Eric, Mike is trying to send us the message. This is where you're supposed to lay down your arms and not fight because you're going to get your butt kicked. Right. And we're like, oh, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> let, me, let me bring up a non-combat relevant to- uh, instance. It was in our C- the la- one of the okay. last of our Sea Princess campaigns when we captured the other ship and we got all the loot. We were in a no-win situation. We had to do exactly what Mike wanted us to do, and that was to sell it back to uh, the Count. So you're saying Eric's, yeah. Eric's dad. Role playing, role in a role-playing playing scenario, pressure. we had no viable alternative even though we had riffed out other other options that we were trying to think of any possible way yeah. that we could secure every piece but we of cargo kept, we kept coming back around to that well no this is just not how it's going to work so well i eventually i just gave up yeah i was like okay well this is how it's going to be and i if i think if if you want to get us to 
whatever destination <laughs> and the players are reluctant to get there through one means, then you get find another route, yeah. you know? Okay. So, uh, well, I guess in the end, what my <clears throat> ideal game is always like an open free form right. where the players are the ones putting in most of the input and trying to, in the end, what I would think would be an easier job for the GM, so they don't have to come up with as much. But you well, know, you, then you're then you're you're doing. Then, but some game masters want a, want to tell a story, yeah, and not I, just be reactionary. Uh, then tell me, then write a story. Don't play an RPG. Well, in Mike's case, you know so, what I mean. When you write your stories, is it pretty open ended? Because you write for the same people pretty well, here's much how all I, the time, here, so you know how, how they're going to go right. anyway. You know what what we're going to do. Yeah, I mean, basically, right, you know sure. how we play, right? So your stories are basically open ended. You can go any direction, right? It's it's like when I'm running the superhero campaign, when I write something, I already know how my players think and react, right. and lots of times I write it knowing, oh well, this is how it's going to turn out because so and so is going to. Now, for know, strangers, it'd be totally different. Oh yeah, you yeah. wouldn't know where to go. No, right? You have to be more linear when but it comes to writing. The other, thing, other way I was, I was, I write. It's kind of along the lines of what Dan brought up earlier about knowing already knowing the end of the adventure. Yeah. When I have a big story arc in mind, I know how it's usually going to end. I usually plan for the heroes to win, in fact. I know how the adventure begins. I know how it ends. It's how you get to the end in the middle is what counts. And usually that's the part that's free form. I'm, tw- I'm constantly tweaking from week to week. You know, just Shooting to, from the hip. And, and, if, and if there are some kind of free form things that come up, then that's even more fun. I do agree that uh, free form or you know, spontaneous actions are definitely more fun. I, I love when we get that piece of ad lib where we're just kind of riffing off of each other and we're doing this and doing that and and you know we're we're it, it it does feel more like a group creation experience than just storytelling um and i think that uh, as we've gone along that's become more of a uh, of a norm for us and that's one of the reasons why i think some people are more frustrated by linear adventures but you know if you're yeah, book, fr- that's why anymore if we do a book adventure it's it's a one off and it they just don't feel right anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that last because you have no room to breathe. That that last. Well, uh, <laughs> interestingly enough, to compare the most recent time that Woodside ran Dark Heresy with the last time that Woodside ran Dark Heresy, I, I know that he's because he almost exclusively runs things from uh, the from, from Warhammer Forty K. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like it was his. Uh, well, no, I mean he runs book adventures. He doesn't come up. Well, with that's his own that's time. what I'm saying. He he ran book adventures this last time when we first played the uh, the Dark Heresy game. He he wrote his own story, and you couldn't really role play because he, he had, had every step right. planned out for you. All you had to do was really roll the dice. Yeah. Published adventures, that's an interesting uh, thing. Uh, uh, You had more to do when Woodside ran out of the book than you did when he just made up the story himself. He he was so rigid. He has kind of a a reverse... Yeah. It's like yeah. a polar opposite of what it should have been. Yeah. A lot of published uh, D&D adventures, from my experience, that's why I've ran the most of, uh, always used to have, I don't know if they still do, but in first and second edition era, they used to always have, at the end of the published adventure, what would happen if the players lose. I don't think I've ever used one of those. Well, it sounds like you need to make us fail now and then, Mike. <laughs> hey, whoa, back up. I think what we're trying to say here is that we wouldn't react very well to well, that. No, I, <laughs> well, that's, that's been our history. That, that's why I pushed so hard for a 3D6 down the line campaign, because when you don't have god characters, it's easier to accept yeah, failure. And true. I think that's why the yeah. Sea Princess campaign was going so well. Like, the book adventure, we went off script the first session. It was a yeah, book we adventure. We never even finished it we, until yeah, like, yeah. levels yeah, later. Yeah, we, we came back around oh, to we, it, and it was Totally well, different thing. We realized it was going to be uh, 
It was, it was too much. How about well, the yeah. last fight, though? Like, when you put us in that room, the door locked. It's fight. I mean, live or, fight die. or die. There's oh, no, there's no running away. Shadow run. was, yeah. was that a, was that a pre-gen? Or was that an adventure? A yeah, no, that was a that was an adventure that I got off the internet to put. I'll link to it because I almost died. Yeah. <laughs> I took a couple some damage times. in there. Oh yeah, I took. And some you serious. about killed somebody yeah. else. Don't let's so, not glaze over that, Mister so Full adventure, Auto. There's no there's no escape there. There's no runaway, no fleeing. It's yeah. you fight and live or fight and die. That's or, it. Or you fight and uh, Doc Wagon shows up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> See, I, in Shadowrun, I, that for me, that's one of the. Uh, games that I, I need a little bit more structure with uh, open freeform Shadowrun. It, it's it's hard. to it Doesn't do. really work. Yeah. So I mean, well, we'll, well, well, just the nature of the game, you know, is like you're essentially mercenaries hired by someone to do a specific job. If you don't, when you don't have a job to do within the game, most it's of the, the social stuff that we've talked about before are good though. I've I've enjoyed. I like them all. Yeah. I mean, I've never run been in one and I didn't think it but was awesome. There has never been a case where we've started one and never finished mm-hmm. because the the characters were like uh no this is too much for us or along the lines of emotional attachment uh you can go around the table what would you rather have your character die or all your character's possessions taken away it depends on the game D D. i'd rather have them die die because, because they can always be brought back possessions well no i mean i i know mike's i know what mike's one of the things that mike is thinking about right now is the character that i played for a long time <coughs> don't need really need to mention any names but he had a, <laughs> <laughs> he had a, he had a lot of magic items and <laughs> and i set aside the magic items that he didn't you know he wanted to pass on to his wife he and, bequeathed yeah he, his wife and children and you know not his twin brother nothing like that and we prepared for his death and he died and took some things with him and left most of it behind. I don't know. It, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I've had characters die. I've had all their, you know, I've, I've had all of my possessions taken by a deck of many things. Well, it, it's, it really depends on the game. I was like, in D&D, I'd rather die than have all my possessions taken away. Particularly if you've finally gotten that magic sword you've been at for the whole time. Whereas in Shadowrun, you're constantly upgrading your equipment anyway. It's hard to learn. If you're Sean, your... you're just replacing the yeah. stuff that broke. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, unless it's Bioware. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's like if you're playing Star Wars and you lose your lightsaber, you know, that's something that takes some time and effort to replace. Starship. Or your starship. Yeah. If you're playing like a, <gasps> oh. a smuggler or a rebel era type anything. We'll even talk about stealing your starship. Yeah. That's not cool. <laughs> well, not stealing. The Falcon. Just blo- you know, you come, you, you, you forget know, where you the parked Empire, it. And... The Empire lures you to a place, and then while you're too far away to get to it, you watch your ship explode. Right. Oh. I mean, what's Han Solo without the Falcon? Come right. on. It's true. Exactly. And that's what, yeah. That's kind of yeah. what we're talking That's what Mike's asking. Okay. Well, I think it's, I think it's yeah. more more appropriately, it's what's the Millennium Falcon without Han Solo? Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Sean, what do you Well, think? it's Lando Calrissian's ship. I just it's true. I've always played characters. Now we're talking about just D and D right now. Just, whatever, oh, no. whatever game you like. Well, because like in D and D, I don't think any of my characters ever had any value of possessions. I mean, not really. Nothing. He didn't steal from someone else. <laughs> yeah, but like, but maybe, if you're a thief, that's appropriate. <clears throat> yeah, but I always got them stolen back from me. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. or I lost them. Or you died trying to steal stuff. Shut yes. up. You need you. So you're saying you, you have the D and D equivalent of Tyler Durden. Yeah, I, yeah I, your 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 gear starts to own you. Yeah, I, I just soon <laughs> not see the character die. I just soon see him get raped and <laughs> <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you got problems. I don't want to see the characters <laughs> no. die. We're no, going I, to a dark place. I'm, I think I'm referring to the uh, Warhammer Fantasy role play game that I ran, where uh, 
There were so many bad guys, and this that was an, an, another excellent uh, case of the not running away. Uh, we'll get back to. Well, as I was also being fairly fatalistic because I was playing the charcoal burner at the time. Well, no, I was talking about uh, Scott's character. Oh, I know who you're talking about. His character got knocked out, and uh, the beastmen were fighting. And rather than run, <laughs> taking their wounded away, they just left Scott's dwarf <laughs> just lay there. The ranks of beastmen were like three deep around the last two standing members. And so I was like, well, what did all the you know three deep of beastmen, what are the other beastmen going to do? They're not just going to line up to start fighting. I was like, ah, well, they'll just drag Scott's character into the woods and bugger him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I bet Scott liked that. Yeah, I don't, he never played that character again. Well, I think he was—he was, he was like out of fate points. So that character was done. No, he wasn't dead. He wasn't. No, he had fate points left. He, all he? I had to do was say you could pit, you, you know you you're dying. Spend a fate point and live. And he goes, I won't bother. Fate points. <laughs> fate points. Yes. There's a there's a that's something that needs to be said about fate points, hero points, and the like. In this yeah. particular the, setting. The old uh, galactic reset or uh, hand of God. Totally plays into this topic. Yes, yeah. it does. Well, it's like if, if you could fate point your way out of something, yeah. it, it, it kind of gives you a certain boldness where you're, like, you're willing to try just about anything to a point. You're at the critical point in the adventure, and you know that's exactly when you roll a one. So it's like, I'm going to use a luck reroll or a fate point or something. I'm going to at least give myself a chance to succeed again. Yeah, that's or, why you, that's why you hold on to those. You hold on to those fate points or edge points until the end of the night. But think of it this way: let's let's go to the uh, the Shadowrun game that we're playing. Here, hold on a second. Let me answer Mike's question. Answer first. Mike's question. Okay. A, the question is whatever – the answer is whatever you have more emotional attachment to. That's what you don't want to lose. But B, yep. why is it an either or? Why is there no other option? You see what I'm saying? I, I if, if your character can rationalize or get himself out of whatever situation, I shouldn't have to worry about dying or losing all my gear. You know what I'm saying? Why does one have to happen? Because Mike is For God the- and – Purposes of the topic? Yeah. Well, I mean, if I mean, you po- you pose the question that it is one of these two things. No, he said, "What would you rather have happen?" Not you know that neither absolute neither because he, if I'm control neither. of my character, not, it shouldn't happen. The answer is C. He, he's not polling for his next campaign. He, he is. Neither <laughs> and neither and both. Well, so wait, okay. till, wait till Mike is running again, Dan. Let me put let me put it this way: a kind of uh, an amendment to what Mike was asking. Okay, now there are different ways that your character can die. There's different ways you could lose your gear. I mean, if you put like I had a character pull a card from a deck of many things and it says you lose all your gear, poof, that sucks. But I wasn't overly upset. <laughs> but if I'm well, standing, you, you accepted the gamble. Exa- exactly. I was I was in on the gamble. I was willing to sure. take that risk. But if I'm standing there and all of a sudden Mike says, "Oh, and you just noticed that your ring of three wishes has just been stolen by a thief and you don't see him." Yeah, you know, that's a plot you've been, back. You've been yeah. pickpocketed. We don't get pickpocketed very often. We should. We should. And we probably don't because if it's happened in the past, it's probably led to I believe, some uh, kind of tantrum. Think back to just, what, last week when we played uh, Shadowrun. The, the situation was you guys were in a, in a situation where you were fighting, and, Sean, you didn't have any more edge points left. I haven't had any for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but... Some of the things that happened could have been avoided if you oh, yeah. had edge points, but you didn't have them, so you just kind of went with it. Does did, and that seemed to help define the character. Oh yeah, a little bit because it's like okay, I mean you've gone through two assault rifles in two weeks <laughs> because you critically glitch and they're they're falling apart and all this stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I can't keep a rifle. Yeah, so, and <laughs> that's so, what you get for not buying American. John. <laughs> So, I mean, that when you have these outs, you have these fate points, you have these edge points, 
that can you can tweak things to your you know that happened bad to you i still say bad things help define who you are they do i i I think the random failures can be incorporated into the story and into the character the guided failures i i understand the merit of having them as a as a plot telling device because you want to do that otherwise you're just gonna have the the bad guy just out of reach every time going this is what i'm doing but but that brings up a question why is it not okay for the players to get the bad guy. You mean capture? Well, uh, along those lines. Any, capture, kill. It, either one. Why well, is that such sure. a bad I, I, thing? I know what you're saying. Along those lines, I think the more powerful your character is, the harder it is for him to accept failure, too. Oh, yeah. There's always somebody more powerful. Right. Yeah. And see, that's, that's something that you brought up. You know, well, why can't, the, why can't the, the characters ever capture the bad guy or kill the bad guy? And the, the reason is, if I've come up with, I, I, I'm coming up with a, a, a nefarious bad guy that I want to be pulling strings and things like that, inevitably, no matter how convoluted I make this, you know, this onion to be peeled, PCs go straight to the heart of it. Figure out who the bad guy is, and now it's like, okay, I've been planning for weeks for this to try and build up, get a get the tension going, get do it, get a real good, you know, uh, political manipulation game going, and now I've got to deal with this. Am I willing to give up th- what I have got planned for weeks just so you can come in and roll a twenty and it's over with? You know, yeah. or th- then I have to start coming up with well, who fills that vacuum, all this other stuff, and that's a lot of work, man. I mean, okay. it's a lot of work, you know. Um, oh, that's part of the responsibility you take on when you're being a game master. Well, yeah, but I mean, and you forget that you're playing with some fairly smart people. Well, I, I and Jason, I understand that too. <laughs> but I mean, all right, wow, that was good. <laughs> that was like a snake out of nowhere. <laughs> wow, he got me. Let me let me put it this way, okay, Mark. When we played the uh, superhero game, Mike had a lawyer group. That you could tell that he was going to build this into some sort of a pulling the strings thing, and you you did not wait for any of that to happen. No, well, that was that was part of that character, though. Having been a person who read comics for years, I don't anymore. I'm just I can't afford it. Uh, superheroes always struck me as as uh, being very reactive. They yeah. wait until they've heard about a crime or a supervillain being up to something. Right. They never was like go after actively the, the people that they know to be villains. I wanted to play a proactive superhero. Right. So it was like, I knew who the bad guys were. I was going to go after them. Don't you think that if that would have been left to simmer, it could have been a much more poignant victory for you if they were actually doing something really, really bad? And thought and they then, had the advantage. And they thought they had the advantage, and you undercut them and, and took them out and exposed them rather than going in and getting them right when it was starting to germinate? You know what I, you see what I'm saying? Because as it turned out, Mark, they were framed. <laughs> they were not framed. <laughs> they fled the country. So I'm mean, just saying that, that you know that would have been an opportunity. Well, it still can be, I suppose, an opportunity for a character to develop a nemesis. And if you if you're constantly killing the bad guy, then there's no nemesis. That's the thing about you just got to make the bad guys badder. Right. Well, but then you make them god characters, and then what? Again, with that, with that character in that situation, that was the appropriate thing to do. And it was a superhero game. You know that the bad guy's going to come back. Right. Right. I mean you. That's just something you have to accept when you're playing that kind of a game. But he's also a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had I had yeah. an opportunity. My character had an opportunity. What are you trying to say? You, you told me I played your game wrong, Mike? No. He wasn't playing a teenager. He was playing a 30-year-old staff member. <laughs> that's what, what, I, that's what I'm member? saying. I know my character in that adventure had uh, a nemesis who, I mean, I, I tried half a dozen times to take her out. And did I, I can't even remember. Did I, did I end up taking her out at the end? 
She was redeemed. Uh, what was her name? Mistress, 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 Mistress Pain. Yeah, she, she was redeemed yes, essentially. That villain. But I, I, but all the times before that, I tried to kill her. I mean, I tried to kill her three or four different ways, and there was always a a, a way that Which she had to escape. Your character from was it. a super villainous. That's right. Uh, you were a villain in training. No, that w- that was a villain that was always hiding behind layers of of other villains and evil students. But I know that there were I know there were a couple of occasions where I she was within reach. Uh, and it was maybe. just a matter of being well. She had the powers too to and that's, to foil. That's to, what makes a good villain. A sure. good right. villain is you know they're bad. Well, she had the nemesis power. That's what her power was. Don't wasn't quite it? Yeah. have the you know the right. grip on her. She had the nemesis know? power, so she could defeat anything that we basically threw at her. Right, but you know, port that concept to D and D, Shadowrun, whatnot. If you know that Damian Knight is behind everything that's going on bad with you. And you just say, you know, screw it, I'm going to go, and I'm just going to cack him when he comes out of his bathroom. You mean with a sharpshooter? You know, that kind of thing really doesn't occur to me when I play Shadowrun. The, the Megacorp guys, the execs, they always have this kind of air of untou- untouchability. Right. I was like, you wouldn't, it wouldn't even occur to you to go and take a shot at Damian Knight. But why doesn't, it, why doesn't that translate to D&D? If, if you have an evil duke that's pulling the strings and is really, really yeah. bad. I've never encountered that situation in D&D. It's always dungeon crawl, dungeon crawl, dungeon crawl. <laughs> Eli Tolmarest is here. Dungeon crawl, dungeon crawl, dungeon and crawl. Eli hey, Tolmarest Eli Tolmarest is, is he's back. back. Yeah, he's back. <laughs> yes, the bad penny villain. Um, it, it's a no-win situation, as unfortunate as that is. Whenever you have a game such as this where you don't necessarily have a clear ending, but you have somebody trying to write an ending, yeah. you're, you're going to have this because you have – a group of people who have seen all the same movies that you have, right. have experienced the same things that you have, understand the same cliches that you understand. Have the same feelings about Boba Fett that you have. <laughs> sure. Some or not. little column A, there little are, column B. There are none in I don't know who you're talking about. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess to, to me, it just feels like there's got to be a better way than, say, being captured. Because if... I'm in a position to be captured by this person who is so ultimately evil. Why aren't they just killing me? Right. Or if I'm aspiring to be someone who's bad, how come I couldn't not be captured? These kind of things arise. Well, that's yeah. the movie cliche. That's the James Bond villain. Yeah, and that's syndrome. why it's a cliche is because it's bad. You I don't know? know if I'd say it's bad. Bond it's just bad. awesome. That's just one aspect of storytelling. Okay, then I'm going to put the are you, line are you, hold it, no, are you that telling bad storytelling. Are you telling me that all James Bond movies are bad? No. Because all James Bond movies go that way. Yes, but it's cliche. So? He's saying he doesn't want but that. But Bond in invented those I, cliches. Yeah, I, I would not actively play a Bond game in that way, you know? If you're not running from something or being captured or showing any sign of adversity. club you in the sack with the... Uh, you're just... You're just you're, you're dungeon crawling. No, you're you're grinding above ground. If if Ooh. if it's just one encounter after another, <laughs> players win. Players win. Okay. Players win. Here, here's an example. And there's no. The only thing I have to say is that when there is no failure, when there is no reason, when the players refuse to give up, there is no failures. Then success after success after success becomes the norm it becomes boring there's no adversity you know that's what i'm saying i I agree in principle that doesn't stop me from being upset when the failure occurs in the game but but (laughs) you've ran something recent relatively recently Uh, the l5r game yeah and and i remember you saying to me you really don't get a feel for 
what it's like until you start running stuff again, you know, and then what you're trying to tell a story and, you know, it's like, you know, even if it's an open-ended story, you're still wanting to guide it in certain directions because you want to have fun too. I want to, I want to be able to tell a story and have fun with the interactions. But if I'm, I'm constantly, you know, Ooh, I came up with this really cool bad guy and I, I kind of want to use him and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I, I think he, he's the overconfident type and things like that. And then all of a sudden pop, he's dead. Well, damn, what am I going to do? L5R is a pretty lethal game. It's one of the top top ones as far as a potential for PC maiming and death. Any other thoughts on the topic? I, I think we're gonna we'll we'll revisit this at some point in time. It feels uh yes, we feel unfinished and open the zombie game. Juicy. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. That'll do, donkey. Follow us on Twitter. We're at Gamers Table. Like us on Facebook. Listen to us on iTunes. Or on Stitcher. Check out some other great shows affiliated with us at rpgcrosstalk.webs.com. You have been listening to Gamers Table, registered trademark, side tangent productions. Visit us at gamerstable.com. Products and intellectual properties discussed during this podcast are the properties of their respective owners. This production is for entertainment purposes only. Any commercial broadcast is prohibited without written consent from Side Tangent Productions.